In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness, to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Hi, my name's Stephen and we're in the second week of our Advent series. George helped us last week look to the fact that Jesus is the light and life to the world. This week we're going to look at the fact that he is a gift to us. A gift that some have rejected, a gift that all of us need to receive and also a gift that we need to share with others as well. And we are two weeks out now from Christmas Day and talking about gifts. Have you done your present shopping yet? Have you sorted that out? Uh, in my household, me and Emma, we do a lot of planning and budgeting uh, to make sure that we are ready for it. Uh, but I have to confess, I don't do much of the buying. Emma is our expert sh- uh, kind of present buyer. Uh, she's good at that. Uh, but I can help you with something else. I can help you with how to receive NAF gifts. Now, have you ever received a NAF gift? Well, over the decades, I have kind of perfected the art of how to receive it while remaining loving and truthful. We are to be those who express truth and love. And uh, we want to express truth to people. We don't lie to them about their NAF gifts, but we also don't want to offend them as well. So how do we navigate that? Well, we navigate that simply by using a technique I call um, uh, naming the gift and saying thank you. That's what you need to do. You just need to name the gift and say thank you. So you open the gift, you look at it, realize that it's a terrible gift. You just name it and thank the person. You say, it's a pen that is also a screwdriver. Thank you. So you need to do. You don't, you don't need to add any adjectives. You don't need to say it was nice. You don't need to say it was naff. You just say, wow, a pen holder and a clock in the same gift. Thank you. There you are. That's my gift for you. You now know how to deal with naff gifts when you get this Christmas. Hopefully you'll get some good gifts as well and give some good gifts uh, too. Uh, But today we're talking about the gift of Jesus. And uh, some people did not want this gift. And we're going to look at that today. Uh, But let's start by looking at the gift that Jesus is. 
And uh, in the book of John, as we get into a couple of chapters later than today's verses, John chapter three, it says this, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loved us so much. He decided to give us the best gift, to give us his son, Jesus. Now, not so that we wouldn't perish, we, each of us deserving to perish because of our sin against him, the holy God, things that we say and think and do that are wrong. But instead, God wanted us to receive eternal life, to receive forgiveness, to receive the gift of being part of his family forever. And so him and his son, and the Holy Spirit, they put a plan in place to save us. And uh, they didn't put this plan in place uh, just uh, kind of uh, 2,000 year years ago, just before Jesus was born. No, they put this plan in place right at, back at the beginning. If you were tracking with us last week, George talked about the fact that uh, the Gospel of John doesn't start at the manger or kind of a few years before that. No, it starts right back at the beginning of time. My wife and me, we started talking about Christmas presents back in the summer when God thought, thought about giving us the gift of Jesus, it was right back at the beginning of time. That's when he was thinking about you. That's when he was thinking about me, not just what we want, but what we need in this life. And uh, decided that this was the thing that each of us needed. This is what mankind needed for our salvation. And I don't know about you, but as you receive gifts this Christmas, there's going to be points where you pick up a gift and you're going to check the tag. And you're going to see what is the name on this name tag? And I know, that some name tags are basically our assurance that this is going to be a good gift. I look at the name tag and think, this person, they know me, they love me, and I know they've got the funds to back it up as well. So I know that even before I open this gift, it's going to be a good one. The one thing to think about God is that he knows you. He knows what you need. He knows what you want, and he's got the funds to back it up. He is rich. He has everything at his disposal and he's held nothing back when it comes to gifting you with what you need, when it comes to giving you Jesus. The thing he gives you is life-changing. Can you think maybe of a gift that you could, could, could be given that would change your life? Maybe, I think probably it's money, isn't it, in reality? Maybe a large inheritance or thousands of pounds. You think that would change my circumstances dramatically or maybe it's an opportunity, I don't know. Something that would be life-changing. Recently, I went round, down a kind of a, a YouTube rabbit hole I saw a video uh, where uh, a child who was being fostered uh, had, became adopted and her parents were telling her, new adopted parents were telling her, you are going to be part of our forever family. And uh, you can imagine there's all kinds of crying and emotion involved. And I was, I was kind of warmed uh, as I watched the video and uh, then started clicking on the other videos next to it and finding out there's lots of videos on YouTube of uh, foster children becoming adopted children. And it is life-changing for those children involved. They're going from kind of an insecure uh, family situation to suddenly being secure. This is where I'm going to be forever. These people now are genuinely my mum and my dad. They can call, I can call them my own. I can call this home my own as well. The gift that God has given to us in Christ Jesus means that we can become children of God. That's what it says in these verses. We can become children of God. We can have our forever changed. Our status has changed. It's a big deal. Big deal for back there. I'm not going to dig in it, into it too much. But John was writing to a people where status was everything. And it was very hard for social mobility. People couldn't really change their status. But this, he was writing to people saying, look, your status can change. You can become children of the living God by receiving Christ and receiving him today. You can have personal membership in the family of God. Come apart of his family circle. You can know security. You can know freedom and liberty as a result of being united with him. 
So no matter how you feel or how other people view you, you can know you can be part of God's family. And uh, maybe that's, that's, that's good news for us. That's a big gift. That's a life-changing gift. But not everyone who hears about this gift wants to receive it. And uh, we see that in these verses today. It says this, He came, Jesus came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. So when Jesus came, he came to the people of Israel. And we were tracking with the story of Israel early in this year, where God chose the person of Abraham and said, through you, I'm going to build a great nation that I'm going to bless and then bless the earth through. And uh, this is the nation of Israel. And when Jesus came, he came to them. They're the people who had the promises, all kind of prophetic words that their Messiah was coming, a new king was going to come, was going to set them free, going to have, bring great liberty to them. And yet when Jesus came, not only did they not really want him, they, they kind of thoroughly rejected him and ended up destroying him. They were harsh and eventually violent uh, towards him. Israel rejected Jesus. He came to his own, but his own people, even they, rejected him. And this has been a cause for anti-Semitism down through the centuries. People are like, well, the Jews, the Israelites, they rejected Jesus, where therefore we should reject them. Well, actually, that should never have been the case. That's just not biblical. Because here we see, yes, Israel rejected Jesus. And in fact, the rest of the book of John, we see uh, just the, the way in numerous ways in which that happens. People not wanting him and speaking against him. But there can be no finger, part, no finger pointing on our part. Because actually this is just the universal situation of humans. All of us have rejected Jesus. In fact, Christ and Christianity is rejected all the time. Even in the last couple of weeks, uh, details have been released about the recent UK census, which has found that for the first time in a long time, many centuries, uh, more than half the country would say that they are not Christian. Now, even those who say they are Christian, we know many of them would be nominally there is something about that that says even Christianity is being rejected. And our heart should not be that more people subscribe to the general notion of Christianity. No, we want people to actually know Jesus. But it is a sign of kind of a, a, a people just not wanting Christ in their lives or in their society. But why is this the case? Why did Israel reject Jesus? Why do we reject Jesus? Why do other people reject Jesus? Well, at least one of those reasons is pride. That's a... Uh, uh, that we are proud people and there is a sinful nature in us that causes us to reject him and will fail to receive him. And that's because to receive Christ means to admit that we even need him. Admit that there is a need in us. Now, this Christmas time, I'm sure this, for most of us, there's not very many moments when we can say, I'm too proud to receive this Christmas gift. But there may be moments where people offer us help that we don't want to receive. We don't want to be pitied or maybe we don't want to feel weak or maybe we just don't want to admit there's even a need in us to start with. And I think that could be the case when it comes to receiving help. Suddenly our pride comes into play, particularly if there's pride around the mess that we've made for ourselves. I know for myself that my story is one of uh, coming from a place of being an, an unbeliever and uh, very much wanting to be independent, stand on my own two feet, people to see that I'm a, a secure person and no one needs to help, even to shun my own family at points. Now, I don't need your help. I can make my own way in the world. Thank you very much. Not only did I not want God, I wanted to be my own God. I don't want Jesus to be Lord. I want to be Lord in reality. And so therefore to receive the gift of Jesus, first of all, takes a great deal of humility. So actually, one, I have need. I do do things that are wrong, say things that are wrong, think things that are wrong, and not just wrong, but offensive, and need washing clean, need sorting out. 
I need a saviour. I need the Messiah. I need the gift of Jesus in my life. Have you come to that place where you can say, Jesus, I need you? Have you looked at your life? Have you come to the point where you realise you can't do it all by yourself? That you need not just someone else, you need the Lord of all creation. You can't lead yourself out of the place you're at. Here it says to be born of God is not by our own will, not by our own flesh, not by blood, but by a work of God. For there to be a real change in our heart, for there to be a genuine sense of hope for what the future could be, we need God to intervene. We can't by our own blood, by our own flesh, by our own efforts, by our own strength, clean ourselves up, make ourselves better. We can't do it by good strength in our mind, intelligence of working things out. No, we need God to break in. Only Him, only He can give us what we need to change our life, to deal with our sin, to deal with our greatest need and make us right with Himself. It says this in 1 Corinthians 1.18, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Maybe some of our concern about coming to Jesus, not just our pride around whether we need him or not, it's whether other people like him or not. Many would scorn religion and scorn Christianity. Why do you need Jesus? You're crazy. Are you a religious fanatic? If you come to know Jesus and begin to follow in his ways, people are going to mock you for it. People are going to question your choices. People do view it as foolishness. But the Bible's clear though, it's not foolishness. It is the power of God in our lives. No matter what others may say to us, no matter what they may think, we have to come to the realisation of what is really true, what is real, what is powerful. And that is that Jesus is real. He is a gift and he is one that we need to accept, not just as saviour, but as Lord as well. It's not just a moment, not just a prayer, not just a conversion, but a lifestyle of walking out with him. So why do we reject? We reject because we can be too proud to receive it into our life. That's true if you're an unbeliever, becoming a believer. Sometimes as believers, we can still be like, like that as well. We're just going to be so, t- so slow sometimes to pray, invite God into a situation. We think we're going to work it out. It's like, no, no, actually, what it, does it mean to, to believe in Jesus? It means to receive him into every situation, not rejecting him overall sometimes, but just rejecting from little things. God says, now open up your whole life, all your thinking, all your understanding, and let me in. So we've got this wonderful, wonderful gift. Some have rejected it, but it's not all bad news. Some have also received. This is what it says. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It's not negative. There are those who have received him. And it says here, all. There's a universal scope to it. All who do receive, all who do believe in him, get to say they are children of God. This faith, this salvation that's on offer to us, this gift that's on offer to us, is literally on offer to all people. Irrespective of intelligence, pedigree, caste, class, age, gender, race or religious background, we can all receive Jesus into our life. We can all receive his promise of eternal life. And in one sense, the universal nature of this is not that amazing to us in our culture, in our day, in in our age. And that's because... These words of scripture have so permeated the culture that we now live in that we don't realise they're actually from Christianity. We had Glenn Scrivener, a wonderful author, speaker, evangelist with us earlier uh, this year and it comes comes to us quite a few times. But he wrote a book this year called The Air We Breathe. And the book is making the point that Christianity, uh, its influence and impact on our society is massive to the point we don't even realise that it is, in fact, the air we breathe. 
that lots of the things we think about, universal human rights and the dignity of different people actually comes from Christianity. So it's no longer, it doesn't even sound that amazing when I say it. For the, but by the time it was written, that wasn't the case. Status was everything. Actually, the discrimination based upon who you are and your background was not just accepted, but was celebrated. No one deserved to receive anything good in that sense. But it's so flipped and changed as the gospel and the truth of what God has done in the world has got into the kind of weapon wharf of our society. Not just our society, but societies right around the world. Wherever Christians have kind of grabbed hold of this and run with it, it affects the culture. To the point where even those who don't accept Christ accept that it is a good thing to, uh, for, for universal blessing. That we do care about people's human rights and their dignity and the care for those who are different than us. Even if they grew up somewhere else or have a different kind of background. It is amazing that God should offer this to all people despite of who they are. And so for you it might not sound amazing. Yeah, well, well, based upon my background I can understand that I can still receive this. But maybe it's not about who you are. Maybe it's about what you've done. Some may come today and say, but could Jesus really love me? Can I really know this gift for myself? Stephen, you don't know the things that I've done. The wonderful thing we see in the Bible is that no one is too far from God for him to reach. No matter how bad you think your sin is, not just think it is, how bad it actually is, Jesus' work, his death upon the cross, his blood was shed to you and his blood can cover all stains and actually wash you clean make you whole, give you an opportunity to uh, know uh, what it is to become a child of God and to know the forgiveness of your sins. How? What does it mean to receive? How do we actually receive this gift? It's not going to be wrapped up under our tree on Christmas Day. Well, it simply says this, believe in his name. Or a better translation might be believe onto his name. Not merely just in Jesus' existence. Did he really, was he really real? Well, there's plenty of documentation for that to be the case. You could be a good historian and believe that Jesus, that Jesus existed. That's just good historianship uh, that he existed. But it's more than that. It's believing on the fact that he is actually King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That he is the Messiah he says he was. That he is the one who can save souls. The reality of the faith is not just a mental ascent to who Christ is, but a believing on him. So if you don't yet know Jesus, there is a way for you to respond to this today. You don't need to wait for the 25th of December before you receive this wonderful gift. You can receive it today simply by believing on Jesus, by admitting, having some humility like we were talking about earlier, that you have a need for him and saying, God, I need you. I have sinned. I need your forgiveness. I need the life that only you can give. You need him as your saviour, but you also need him as your Lord. It's not just a, a prayer to pray today, but then a way to walk out it. Say, God, okay, what does it mean to walk on you in my life? What things need to change so that it looks more like you, Jesus, for me to live in the good of what you've done? Alan Preston is uh, one of the elders that used to be part of this church, now leads a church in Spain. And uh, he used to talk about a bridge from his uh, home country, his own home nation, uh, Northern Ireland. There used to be a rickety old bridge, or a rickety rope bridge, not an old bridge, uh, between the mainland and a kind of outcropping of rocks uh, up in by, by Giant's Causeway. And I've actually been there now. And uh, he used to say, people, because you look at it, and you can look at the bridge and say, I believe that that bridge is secure enough for me to walk on. But looking and believing is different to walking and believing. So actually, the Christian life is us getting on the bridge and walking and believing that it's going to carry us. Carry us home into eternal life with Jesus, but also carry us in this life as well. 
There's going to be steps that we are going to take along the way. Yes, that might start today with a prayer of confession, confession of your need for Christ and a, and a confession that you want to make him Lord. And then it's a daily walking out. God, help me to believe on you, which is then relevant for all of us, whether you don't yet know Jesus or whether you have known him for many decades. We need to keep on keeping on, keep on believing in what he's done. Here's another Alan Preston one for you. When I was an intern here many moons ago, uh, me and a, and, a, and a team of us I used to get in Alan's car occasionally. And he had a bit of a banger at the time. And uh, he used to pull up to the Grand Hotel on Brighton Seafront. And uh, we always to get out. And uh, we're looking a bit sheepish, but Alan, bold as brass, just gives his keys to the parking valet. He's like, okay, park that for me. And then we'd go into the Grand and have a cup of tea, an overpriced cup of tea uh, together. And definitely the first time we did this, it was a bit of a surprise amongst the team. Like, Alan, like, is that okay? He's like, of course it is. I'm a son of the king. He was so secure in the fact that he had become a child of God. The king of kings was king. Who is some parking valet to tell him he can't park there? And once that's a bit of a cheeky story, Alan's got a cheeky guy. But it does a bit of a picture of the fact that Alan was just so secure. He knew he was in God. He expected God to do him good. He knew where he was headed with him. That just colored, it does colour his life and should colour mine and yours as well. That even despite the difficulties in our life, we can know the fact that there is joy because we have a father who loves us. I go back to my illustration earlier about those foster children who then got adopted into their forever families. They could continue to have an orphan spirit. They could still be in that home thinking, is it okay for me to put my coffee cup here? Is it okay for me to put my feet up on the sofa? Am I a guest here? It's like, no, you're a child here. Be at home. My children have no problem putting their feet on my sofa or putting their coffee cups anywhere as it happens. When we're secure in our home, it changes the way we relax into life. Now we've got a God who loves us and forgives us with us every day. We can rejoice and be glad because today is a day given to us by God. That's not to take away from the fact that life is hard, but even that points to the fact that God says he's always be with us. Have you got an orphan spirit? Are you still living a place like, does God really love me? Does he really care for me? Because sometimes our minds do go there. We have those doubts. I have those doubts at times. Or, or maybe a point where even you just doubt your own faith. Well, we need other brothers and sisters alongside us to help us, remind us that we are in the family. We need one another for that. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, wonderful Christian, wonderful uh, Christian thinker. He said that Christ in the mouth of someone else is better than Christ in our heads. Sometimes our own ability to pull up on the truths of the gospel, our own minds get too wrapped up with the cares of the world. We need others around us to remind us and encourage us. That's why it's so important to be together. It's wonderful to be online, but great to be in the room with one another. Great to be in small groups throughout the week with each other, be able to encourage each other in the faith. We need each other. We also need the power of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, so we need the Holy Spirit to come and seal the work that God's done. So we don't just want to receive this gift. There's a kind of a sense of a, a sealing in. So we kind of don't drop the gift or lose it. But it kind of goes deep into our hearts, into our being. I am saved. God has done a work that can, be, uh, that can never be revoked, can never be removed. It's an enduring gift. Uh, my kids get gifts for, for Christmas and various points, you know, sometimes those gifts only last 24 hours. Maybe they last a week before it gets broken and destroyed or, or lost or whatever. This gift is enduring. You can't undo the gift of Christ in your life. When you've received and you've believed on him, he is yours and you are his forever. This is a wonderful place to be. Let me remind you, Christian. Let me remind you, wonderful believers. Believe on Jesus. Keep believing that you can have him, but also that he has you. Let me just finish by saying this. That this gift is too good to keep to ourselves. Hopefully this Christmas time, you're going to get gifts that are good for you, but things that you can share and be a blessing to others. The Bible talks time and time again. You are blessed 
to be a blessing to others. You are reconciled to God, but now go and have a ministry of reconciliation. And uh, in one sense, we want to be motivated by how wonderful the gift is, but we also want to be motivated by the anguish of the, the reality of people who don't receive or people who have rejected Christ. Paul, who's another writer of the New Testament, says this in Romans chapter 9. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Paul's saying there that, he's saying a very bold statement, I'm not sure I could say. He's saying, I would prefer to be cut off from Christ and see all my fellow Israelites, my fellow countrymen, my fellow brothers who don't know him coming to him. He said, this, this gives me great anguish, deep sorrow that they don't know Jesus. They don't know him. Are you full of anguish around those who don't yet know Jesus? Do you have compassion on those who haven't received him yet? Does it drive your prayer life? Does it drive your actions and your conversations? It doesn't always for me. And my, one of my prayers is like, God, keep stirring my heart. Give me a heart like yours. That when I see those who don't yet know Jesus, that I would take the bold step of introducing them to him. And this is some really easy ways to do that. Just take some opportunity this Christmas to say, hey, do you know why Christmas is so special to me? If you know Jesus, just ask that question. And someone might say, no, I don't want to know. It's foolishness to me. Maybe you should lean and say, well, I want to tell you, I think it's powerful. And would you like, can I please tell you something more about it? Maybe just pray that God would give you the opportunity or God would have you the courage to help you make that opportunity. Maybe it's just simply, hey, can I invite you to church? I'll get someone else to tell you about the wonderful message of Jesus. Maybe you're here because someone has done that. Or maybe for you it's to explore the, the foundations of the Christian faith and the big questions of life with someone. You can bring them along to an Alpha course in the new year. Uh, the guys later in our service will tell you more about that. But above all, let's pray. Let's pray for ourselves to be good at receiving the gift of Jesus. And let's pray that God will help us as we begin to share it with those around us as well. In fact, let me finish by praying for us. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that you love the world so much that you gave us your one and only son, that we might not perish but have eternal life that we might be those that come into your very own family. Know the gift of God. Know life of God. Know the light of God. Know the hope of God. The joy of God. Thank you all these things that are wrapped up in the person of Jesus and given to us. We are so amazingly grateful. And we pray God help us to live in the good of it and help us to be those who are good at giving it away, uh, particularly in this season we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.